We're back for season six of my podcast. I'm all about putting the human factor back into business by helping organisations become places where people are happy, well and able to perform at their best. And that's what my guests shed light on with their expertise and experience. As those who know me will be very familiar with, my mantra is simple, get people right, get business right. And that means we'll be covering a whole range of topics that impact on employee experience, engagement and mental well-being. And many of you will know that I hate tick boxes. So we'll be kicking those out, getting beneath the surface of shiny new initiatives, stripping back layers of complexity and going back to the fundamentals of good business. That's the people. This series runs alongside the launch of Leadership Labs and Manager Labs that I'm excited to be facilitating with the fabulous Gemma Ellison of Heart Leadership. These are interactive and dynamic communities that turn typical L&D on its head. If you are a manager or leader and want an opportunity to problem solve, challenge the status quo, experiment and evaluate all within a small supportive group, get in touch. More information and contact details are in the podcast notes. I'm your host, Lisa, psychologist, psychotherapist and founder of It's Time for Change. Thank you for joining me on Beyond the Water Cooler. We are back today and I am with the very lovely Sarah Cockroft, who's manager at Oceanwise. Good morning, Sarah. Hi, Lisa. Hi. I can see the uh, out the window behind you. You actually have a bit of sunshine where you are. It's, it's a bit deceptive. It looks bright. Uh, oh, it's raining. <laughs> oh, is it? It is, yes. I like your glass in your windows then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's magic. <laughs> um, so I was really keen to invite you to join me on this podcast after talking with the equally fabulous Michael Quinnell um who was saying Sarah's just the most awesome manager and we have um there's so much talked about isn't there and written about in terms of managers and what they should be doing and what they're not doing and um the pressure on them and so on and actually when you I'm very aware that managers have a huge amount of weight on their shoulders to do their job really well and so when you then hear about people who are doing it very well and who are achieving great results to the point where Mike was a little bit put out because I think you pipped him on one of a there was a there was a, a survey about how happy employees were and he's always one of those people who's really high up and he said oh Sarah beat me her team were even happier <laughs> um so I said like, actually we just need to unpick that a little bit because I know you do things really well but you also have your eyes really open to what maybe doesn't work so well just in, in the world of managing people and what could be done differently so it's almost shedding a bit of a direct light from someone who has seen it from different angles for companies to know what they perhaps could be doing better in that space so we're focusing all about managers today so I'm looking forward to kind of really diving into that subject so before we get into that you've recently started Oceanwise lucky them um, and you've moved from a much larger company so um, tell us a little bit about your role in terms of what your role actually looks like as a manager now and and how that sort of how you got into that what that what that is all about yeah sure so um so yes my my current role is um uh yet to be not to confirmed but I don't yet know what exactly I'm going to be needed to do because I've only been there two weeks Mm. um but um it's very exciting um it's quite scary of course um uh, but it's an exciting challenge. Um, they they are a smaller company than my previous company, um, and that has challenges as well as um, huge advantages, in my opinion. Mm. Um, 
and they are going through a sort of period of growth or they have been um, over the last few years uh, and that's I'm sure likely to um, go into the future as well so it's an exciting time for the company um, and it's a it's an exciting challenge for me because I get to think about how I want to do it mm. um, and that's not something I really think I've given much thought to in the past um, my previous roles have been more sort of organically grown um, whereas this is right I'm coming in I'm a manager who do I want to be how do I want to do it what do they want from me all of those questions um, which I just don't think normally I certainly haven't given enough time to thinking about in the past um, and, and I don't know whether others do when those roles are as I say sort of more organic um, and you sort of fall into them to some extent. I would I would definitely say that on the whole people don't from my experience and um, it's the one thing that I talk about all the time about how managers shape their role with intention and most people don't they just fall into it and do whatever they think should be done based on what they've seen other people doing or perhaps what their manager was like or they're just guessing um, and to have that opportunity to stop and consciously think about who you are and what you want to do and who you want to be and how you need to be even you, you said before we pressed record for this that you're just having a couple of hours to think about okay what what does management mean and what are the goods and the not so good points and you know just having that space to think about it you said was really useful for you yeah definitely you know in this kind of like oh right I need to I need to think about management because I'm talking to Lisa about it soon it's like, right um what what does that mean to me like what 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 do I think of it um and yeah like you say it's that okay when when has it been good when has it been not so good what where when were times where I went wow really like that's that's not how I'd want to be or oh, okay that did work um so yeah all of those things that shape us you know it's the good and the bad you know mm -hmm. they, they all go into it and actually yes just having that time and thinking okay what what's been my journey to date mm. which bits am I going to take with me which bits do I want to leave behind was it was quite therapeutic yes um, and yeah not not something you know I, I don't mind admitting I don't normally spend my evenings thinking about <laughs> management <laughs> techniques um but it was it was a good one to do um so yeah so yeah, yeah thank you <laughs> pleasure so um how did you come to be a manager so at your last company um and I'm assuming that's where you where you took on a, a manager role how how did that actually come about and were you was that then developed specifically or were you just plonked into it oh, I, I was definitely an accidental manager to start okay. with. um so yeah so I so I work in the world of oceanography um, and I started out as a graduate oceanographer in that company um, and probably for the first five or maybe four or five years was very much learning the trade, learning what's what and how to do it all, um, undertaking lots and lots of field work on and off boats, all of that kind of side of things um, as the team also grew. So I think there were only six of us when I started. Um, and then when I, I think, again, <laughs> I started to think about well, when did I actually start taking on management? Um, I think it was that sort of four or five years in kind of stage. Mm -hmm. And I think by that point, we were probably about 12 people, something like that. So my, my role very much did grow organically with the team growth. 
um, which is where the sort of accidental manager comes in. So it's like, oh, okay, we're quite big now. Someone needs to be in charge of this and be in charge of that. Um, and on one level, I think it was great because I I felt like I could lead and manage that team because I knew what was going on. I knew how to do it. I'd done it for many years at that point, or a few years maybe in some people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it was a, also a challenge because it was a growing team um, with various growing pains associated with it. And it was also a very close-knit group of friends, really, um, mm. which, again, huge positives, but also challenges. Um, so, so yeah, it was it was organic. It was accidental. Well, in my opinion, it was accidental, although I think my boss at the time could see that I had some of the more personnel management skills um, than other people or or just than maybe I was better at that than the technical mm-hmm. um but um yes it wasn't it wasn't a sort of a role that I necessarily thought I was going to go into mm. or that I had training to go into mm. training did come um but I do think it was later than it should have been and I think this is one of the things that I in hindsight can see a lot of in in various different kind of aspects is there's there's sort of the impetus on you've got to do it first and then you'll go on this really big training course and it will teach you everything you need to know but what what about that just first first stage little bit of confidence little bit of okay this you know these are some really useful practical skills or tools or anything that will just help you in those first you know the first year the first couple of years um you know especially at that stage you know, as a line manager you are quite responsible for the people underneath you. Mm. Um, they, you know, this, this, this is a thing that has always bugged me. Um, there's so many times in like employers' handbooks or emails or announcements that says, you know, if you've got any issues, go and talk to your line manager. And suddenly you're a line manager and you've been given no training, no guidance. <laughs> well, I don't know anything more than everybody else. Um, so I think that that's definitely something that I would say can be improved and I think that's you know talking to lots of different people as well I think that's very common across lots of different industries. I I would agree and um, a report I was reading um, by the Chartered Management Institute was um, pointing out the widespread concern about the quality of management and its impact um, on workers daily lives um, and actually, there are two ways, I guess, we looking at this. One is about the impact on you, Sarah, as a manager. And one's about the impact of the people you're supposed to be managing. So there's kind of two parts of that, isn't there, in terms of if you get um, managers in place who aren't, haven't been developed and supported and so on, actually has a, an impact kind of for that manager and, and their team. Um, but there's uh, there was a quote there that said, um, among those workers who told researchers they had an ineffective manager one third so they were less motivated to do a good job and as many as half were considering leaving in the next 12 months and when you look at figures like that um and I think and also they had they said they had to find it was about 82 percent of new managers in the UK are accidental and you just and and I still struggle to work out how this is not a new problem it's been talked about for quite a long time 82% 82% of managers being considered accidental is staggering. I mean, we always knew it was high, but to start, start putting numbers on it like that, but then also to have the numbers that show what an ineffective, and again, people don't like the word ineffective because it feels like a bit like a blame and you're no good, but actually ineffective because you simply haven't been guided to know what's important. The impact that then has 
on the team you're like why no why is no one joining up all the dots why are people not seeing that and and that's what you've just said so so do you have a sense of are people are the companies you know and maybe other companies or people you know you know where they work are are people just not seeing it they're not joining up the dots or why are we still having this conversation oh I don't know that's what everyone needs to do because it's staggering it, yeah it really is and I don't know I don't know if it's not seen as a big enough problem because I don't know the business is still coping you know from a from a very kind of um black and white point of view you know if your business is still making money you've still got happy customers is it that big a problem if you know staff come they go you know your managers come and go and nobody's that happy at work you know what I think yes, it is a big problem yeah but I think um you know I think you're probably right that people don't they to actually look at that problem you know of actually have they got the right people in the right role and are they training and supporting developing them as they should be that's a huge focus so and people almost feel like they're treading water at the moment with the um just the pace and the pressure on them to do their what they consider their normal day job so actually to to take this on seriously requires a lot of resource and people I don't think necessarily think they've got that yeah but particularly if they are managing to tick over and albeit not very effectively but it's still it's still moving roughly in the right direction I was um at I was saying before we um came on air that um I've had a busy week but this week one of the days I was in London talking at the Festival of Happiness which is an amazing event um arranged by the very forward-thinking um alliance of independent agencies and they are all about how to support the workforce to be the best they can and I was part of a panel and we were talking about a report um called what's it actually called prioritize people unlock the value of a thriving workforce and it's by McKinsey um and uh business in the community and it's a brilliant report and the reason it's brilliant is because it has had loads of input from CFOs so talking about the financial benefits so no one's it's not because there's always this thing about we haven't got time for this and um it's a bit of an add-on or you know it's going to distract us from what we should really be focusing on and there's been so much deliberately there's been so much input from CFOs into this report to talk about the bottom line the difference it makes that the evidence in there anyone who reads it and chooses not to do something with it you feel like you really should not be in your leadership role so so there is the the data that I think is beginning to emerge to present a clearer business case but I guess for that to filter through to some companies, it takes a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, that's great. That's great if it's got that kind of financial push to say, you know, that it's, you know, it's for some of us, you know, making sure people are in the right roles and happy in those roles and thriving is important. Yeah. For other people, it's, you know, it's just not something they even necessarily consider. Mm. But for them, hopefully, the money side of it will be. And I say, look, you know, well, I don't care about people, but I care about money yeah exactly <laughs> um, and and it's a benefit um but it, I mean it'd be a huge challenge for any any company to question mm. who's in what role and are they the right people and what can be done better mm. you know as as well you know if you think about actually doing that mm. the people you're questioning are often senior people mm. and that's going to uh, put some people's backs up so there's it it, it's you know I can see why people don't question it. <laughs> um, 
but I think they should. Yes, because otherwise the problems still exist and people are just choosing to ignore them. And that's mm. and it's the cost, you know, if it means it's impacting financially on a company, but it's still ticking along, people are okay with that. That's one thing. But it's the damage it does in terms of the feeling of burnout, people wanting to leave their jobs yeah. and so on. That's that's really not okay. So what was the impact for you then in terms of you fell into this role um, in your last company and um, you know, that all came back quite organically and you seem to have the, some of the skills that were um, that were aligned with that role. So in other words, you know, that's why there was a reasonably good fit. But in terms of the impact on you when you're suddenly in this, you are called the line manager and people are having to come to you with all their, their stuff, whatever that's about, whether that's personal or work or whatever, and you it's suddenly being dumped on your desk. What's the impact on on you as a manager when you haven't had the support and development that you need it it's hard it is it you know it, it still is but it definitely was hard and it you know it it knocked it knocked my confidence you know when people would ask me questions you know oh you know can you help me with this because it says ask the line manager and my reaction had to be I, I will try but I I don't know anything more than you know or you know I though I had you know I did have some great support people around and that was you know without that I wouldn't have been able to cope and I could always say I'll go and find somebody who might be able to help mm. um but it's still you know I would much rather have been able to say yes let's you know I can help um as I'm sure most people would want to be able to um and getting to getting my own confidence to be able to say that as well was difficult because you know, immediate reaction is, oh, I've got to help. You know, I've been put in this position. It says I should be able to do it. Mm. I must be able to do it. And then go, actually, no, I'm in this position. My job is to support everybody, but I need support in doing that. Um, so, yeah, being learning to say no or learning to say, I don't know the answer, but I will try and find the answer for you took a while. Um, and even just hearing you say that there are so many people who I know who are in manager roles or when they've gone into manager roles who wouldn't have the courage to say I don't know so because that that's I mean that's actually role modeling brilliant psychological safety in terms of <laughs> the manager can say I don't know that gives us all permission to say I don't know but there is a way of finding out the answer so in a, in a way you're role modeling being very authentic and that's that's great but it still leaves you in a position of not knowing um the fact that you've had the courage to say to your team, I don't know, I'll go and find out, um, is great because I think some people feel that as a with the, as soon as they assume a role of manager, they're supposed to know everything and they will then provide answers or direction or try to gain control where they don't necessarily feel they have control. And that can come across then as being um, quite bossy or just getting it wrong. They, they're giving messages that aren't necessarily the right messages and there's there's a tension that can build quite quickly and I've worked quite a few companies where that's a problem where managers are coming across as um not having much empathy and and so on and not because they're not they don't care but because their default is being quite defensive and it's like I've got to just I've got I'm in this space I've got to come up with an answer I've got to be seen to to be in control when actually they feel far from it yeah no I, I think you're right um I think and I think there are there are people who who definitely feel that you know, you see it, you see people answering things and you think, I, I'm not sure, you know, you can say no, you know, you can say, I don't know, mm. rather than trying to say what they think they should say or what they think the person that asked the question wants to have as an answer. 
Mm. Um, but no, I, I think one of one of my positive traits on being a manager, in my opinion, is that I I am empathetic and just naturally I can't help it, um, uh, and it's not something I've particularly worked on. I think that's that's just my character. Um, but also people can read me like a book. <laughs> I'm very difficult. I find it very difficult to hide what I'm feeling. Uh, my face will say it if even if I don't. Um, so, you know, if, if I if I pretended that I knew the answer, people would be like, Sarah, you're making up now, aren't you? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm up. <laughs> so, so, yes, probably a downfall in other things. But um, in, in that situation, yeah, definitely. And and I think maybe people maybe people did see me pretending for a while. Um, I don't know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think being I mean, being authentic, being honest mm. is just it's got to be the right way to be, mm. um, you know, and I don't I don't think anybody has ever criticized me for saying I don't know the answer. Mm. I, I don't imagine that would that would happen. Um, but like you say, having the having the confidence to say I don't know the answer, you know, even if even if that's the only thing that yeah. people can get when they get that line manager badge. Um, some sort of uh, you know and it's, it's a soft skills it's soft skills training as well as practical training you know you're suddenly thrown into this position and you, you don't know what your responsibilities are because that's that's not written down anywhere there's no mm-hmm. no guidance sheet on on what that really means um but you are also people's first port of support mm-hmm. and if you don't have you know if you don't have any if you don't have any training in it or guidance or anyone who you can go to and be authentic mm. and say, I don't know what to do in this situation. This person's said this, done that, you know, come to me with this problem, whatever it is, you are going to really struggle if you don't have somebody somewhere who you can go to for your own support in that situation. Um, I, you know, I did, I did. I don't, I don't know how I would have coped without that. Um, but that, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who don't have that mm. and, and or who, who don't feel they can ask. Um, I think it's interesting is that the, the um, I mean, again, look at some of the data from the reports of um, workers with an ineffective manager. Um, only 15% of those felt valued and appreciated against 72% who had an effective manager. Now, we know that feeling valued and respected and appreciated and having that trust and that's all about your relationship and that all comes down to the soft skills they are so significant because almost the kind of more um tangible aspects of management role in terms of who's got to do when something when and where and scheduling and so on that's all that's one part of their role but I would argue that from a good manager to manage their team well it is the soft skills that absolutely has to be the focus knowing how to have compassionate conversations knowing how to you know, part of what we're talking about this um, festival of happiness was about, we talk a lot about psychological safety, but what does that actually look like? What should we be doing? How do we model that? And if we could just give managers an opportunity to access some um, bite-sized chunks of, you know, webinars or uh, opportunities to just discuss it as a group. Um, however, but there, there being a time when there's a particular focus on different aspects of the soft skills and ha- what that looks like and how that feels like and the difference it makes and getting people behind it like really engaged with it because they know it's going to make a difference to them as well rather than 
I've been sent on this course. Here's a big handbook. I've just got to get through it and I can get back to my proper job. You know, when we emotionally invest in something because we know it's going to make a difference to how we experience our work as well as our team, it's much more likely to stick, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and I think it is, and I don't think you can necessarily teach all the soft skills to all individuals. I don't think everybody has that way of thinking or way of feeling, um, but you can definitely help. <laughs> yeah, you can, if someone wants, if someone has an interest in wanting to do something better or differently so that has a more positive impact, then I think there are always things we can share with someone to think about how they can improve, for example, their interactions with someone. I think it's the problem is when there are people who don't necessarily have the skills, because that's not just part of their innate character, and they have no interest. <laughs> then it's like, yeah. And and you know, I, I've in a number of companies where they have got people in manager positions who uh, don't have the right skills and competencies and confidence, and they're not really that interested, motivated to develop them to do what they need to do. And actually the impact that has on everyone else, it's a really hard decision then, but what you do with those individuals, those managers, and that comes back to, you know, the point we made earlier, are the right people in the right roles? Because if they're not, it can have quite devastating, you know, um, consequences for a lot of people, just in terms of those people coming to work every day and feeling like I'm unsupported, I don't know what direction I'm going in, I don't have confidence that someone's got my back, all those really essential parts of what we need day to day. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that comment on, you know, someone having your back is so important. Um, and I think it's 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 there in lots of places um, the support is there. Um, and it's definitely something I felt mm. and I tried to ensure my team felt um, because with that, it gives you confidence. It gives you the, the ability to push yourself and challenge yourself and, and do things that, you know, might be outside of your comfort zone. But you know someone's going to help you if you need it. Someone's mm. going to, you know, they're not going to judge you, blame you, you know, make your life difficult because you've tried something new. They're going to say, "Oh, okay, that didn't quite work. Let's see how we can make it work." Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's 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 what makes a team. Um, I'm definitely someone that thrives in a team. Mm. And and yeah, it's it's and it's a great feeling, you know. It's difficult to challenge yourself, but if you know someone's gonna, you know, help you pick it up if it goes wrong, yeah. then um, it, that that's it, a key bit, isn't it, Sarah? But it's that great feeling because I think it's going back to the questions of how do we want to feel as a manager? How do I want to feel when I go to work? How do I want to feel in my role? How do I want my team to feel? I just think if if there are, you know, unlocking people to make them thrive, this shouldn't be new. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so actually, one of the things that would be good to talk, discuss is um, you you started your role, you went into it, you had then some training that came later on. Was that training useful? Was that sort of stuff? Because it'd be really useful also just to understand, actually, and we talked a little about how you intentionally shape your role and how what you want to feel and what you want to experience. But in terms of what your training looked like, is manager training meeting that need or is manager training tending to focus much more on the sort of technical management aspects of a role? So the, tra the, ma like the main like training programme I did 
um, I think was brilliant. Um, it was, um, I can't remember what it was called. Um, <laughs> I thought I was going to, um, but it, and it was to do with teamwork. Mm. It may have been like managing a team or something like that. So there were lots of things that were directly relevant um, and there wasn't too much jargon. I'm not a fan of jargon. Um, <laughs> there's got to be people out there that are because there's so much of it around <laughs> um, but I'm not one of them mm. um, so that yeah there were there were some things that I learned then that I still 100% use on a day-to-day basis um, there were some things that I probably have forgotten um, but but I think that's the same with most most training courses anyway I think it's very rare that you will find a course that 100% you use every day mm. um, so no, there were some great things um, about building that team, getting that team feeling. Um, one of the things I remember vividly because I put it into practice sort of the few months after I got back from the course was uh, a team charter, mm-hmm. um, which I really liked the idea of because it was it was something that we developed together um, and it was based on you know the company and what what the company's I can't remember if it was KPIs or values or something at the time you know they it was higher up hierarchy no that's the wrong word um but you know it was the first the top level you know bullet points and then we went right what does that actually mean to us because they're they're up there somewhere and that's not how we operate but let's you know drill down and actually make something that fits what we do on a day-to-day basis or where we want to be um and you know people rolled their eyes when oh, was this what you know she's got on a management course now she's gonna implement something this is gonna be a waste of time um but <laughs> they did it anyway um and, and I think it was really positive because it gave people that chance like we were saying you know it gave people a chance to think to stop stop what you're doing on a day-to-day like yes there's loads of things in your to-do list but stop doing all of that and let's just spend half a day thinking about our team where we are where we want to be how it fits in with the bigger picture um and we made ourselves accountable to it um and then we'd check in on it every now and again um and I think it was positive. Um, I certainly thought it was. <laughs> but that, and, and, and I can't see how it wouldn't be because that's the bit for me that most teams don't do um, in terms of working at how we, how we work and how we interact with each other and how we work as a team. And all you'd end up doing otherwise is having a group of individuals all focus on their individual tasks with one person, the manager, overseeing them, making sure that they're doing their tasks that's not really a team yeah and for a team to work you've got everyone's got to know their part how they they've got to be able to read each other they've got to know how each person wants to be engaged with and doesn't they've got to be able to read signs that things are going well or not going well they've got to know what each person's working on what's important to them and and all those aspects of good teamwork can only come about really if you sit down and again consciously spend time shaping it and sharing and you know talking about what's important to us and how we how we get the best out of each other and how what I need for me to be my best today from everyone else in in this team and when you do the how that's so so powerful yeah 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 and it it is that it's it's being aware of everybody else's pressures and their personalities and you know it's the emotional intelligence that is so key in those kind of like you say reading people and going oh hold on a minute that's that's one of their signs that they're struggling I 
okay I'm not going to go and ask them to do any more today I'll leave that till tomorrow um and, and all those those aspects that you only get through spending time with people mm. um through interaction and I suppose it's it is just giving people that time as well you know it would, not on a right you two go you know go get this task finished I need it done by tomorrow it's just spend time just put everything else aside let's all just stop think about it all um and hopefully in a space that people can be honest and open to to what you're trying to achieve as well as to the other side of just getting to know people and spending time with them I think um that pressing the pause and taking time is going to be a big barrier for a lot of people that like we just simply don't have time. And I always think it's like, if you don't do it, you can still be running full speed ahead, but it's almost like you kind of got blindfolds covering at least one eye. <laughs> um, you just, you just are stumbling over things and bashing into each other. And there's that sense of we're all racing along, but it's not very effective rather than actually almost having a bit of a strategy team strategy meeting before you set off on the race. How are we going to do this and how are we can support each other and who's going to struggle and how do we help that individual? And, you know, having just that little bit of time so that they have got their eyes open and they're working together as a team. And the difference is just huge. But people don't think they've got the time to do the strategy bit, which is about how the team works. Yeah. And it's and that, I think that's a real crux of the problem for a lot of people. They just say, I don't have time to have these conversations. Or I don't have the confidence to have the conversations. Like I know I don't know what to ask. And you've you've given some really good examples of how simple your question can be in terms of you know what is it you know what do we want to do or how do we want to um, feel when we're at work or how do we want to what's important to us in terms of aligning with the values? What do they actually look like? How will we know we're doing a good job? Those sorts of questions you don't have to have the answers, and that's the beauty of facilitating that as a manager. You don't have to have any answers. The team will have the answers and then you just work out from that, you pull the common threads together. Yeah, definitely. Um, and alongside all of that is the, you know, what what isn't your preferred task or way of working yeah. or, you know, can actually, you know, have, have we stopped to say, what what do you really not like about your day to day? Oh, you don't like this bit, but that's that person's favourite area. <laughs> let's let's work to people's strengths. Mm. You know, you can't always take away those tasks, but yeah, but yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that comes back to it's not the rocket science. Um, I was talking with someone at, at this event in London this week about um, again how to support managers to have good conversations with uh, their team. We were talking about um, not waiting till you have your annual appraisal or your kind of quarterly review, but actually how to have more informal, very um, kind of frequent check-ins which are not there's no work agenda it's just about you might talk about work but then the work is not about are you reaching your goals it's about how are you feeling engaging with the work what's going well what's not and we were talking about different um almost giving managers a sense of uh reassurance by giving them some prompts the kinds of things that they could ask and actually one of the resources we talked about were um minds as the charity their wellness action plans and again there are ones for managers to use with um, their teams. There are uh, wellness action plans for managers to use with hybrid workers, um, remote workers, and so on. Um, and I think when if people have got nothing to use, but they want to do something more, then just looking at those, because they're free to download online. And again, tweaking the questions to look at, okay, this is all about wellness, but how do I change some of the questions to be, rather than just about what 
um, what do you need to feel well? Is what do you need to maybe to um, to work well? What do you need from your members of your team? And what and actually just starting to use that as a basis for constructing some questions if people are feeling completely stuck with any of this sort of stuff. Um, I don't know how often how you you have your check-ins with your team what do you how often do you do that what's that look like well at the moment (laughs) (laughs) what's it going to look like (laughs) um but I think I will hopefully try and implement things that I think have been the best that I've had over the my previous career um and and it will hopefully be personal to each individual um there is you know it's a combination of hybrid and in the office workers um so it's again it's for me it's much easier in person mm. um, my my favorite is oh, let's just go for a walk yeah. and just you know there's no notebook no one's taking notes there's no real I mean there might be some actions but they'll you know there'll be the two that you can remember in your head mm. um and it's you know it, and it just starts with the how actually are you Mm. not just how are you yeah I'm fine thanks move on it's how how are you you know are you feeling okay about this that or the other um you know it will probably feed from what I know that they're working on or struggling with um as a starting point um but yeah I think having those having prompts is great having some I'm going to say an agenda in your head and I don't mean that in a I, I want the outcome to be it's more of a right, I do want to check in with them on this. They've mentioned this previously. I need to remember mm. to ask about that. Um, uh, you know, and if there's anything, you know, work-related coming up that you want to, I don't know, get their opinions on or give them a heads up on or anything like that, mm. um, then, you know, having that, just a, li- a little tick list in your head to say, I do want to cover these areas is good. But if you don't, you don't, you know, if they're if they want to talk about something else, they want to talk about something else um and and that's also absolutely fine um it's it's really their time Mm. it's not it's not my time Mm. um it's their time um but yeah the the hybrid you're doing having a catch-up over teams or zoom is for me more challenging because it's it's more question answer rather than full conversation um but there are you know there are little things you can do you can schedule it in and say right you know if that person drinks tea coffee get a cup ready get comfortable, put your camera on, we're going to have a chat. It's not, right, I'm going to book a meeting at three o'clock till 3.15, uh, it's called catch up. It's like, no, that's not, that's not, you know, you might have those for other things, but that's not a a proper, how are you? Let's check in for those other things that aren't the, I need to catch up with you on this project or this agenda. And there's also, I guess, a middle place which is what I'm a fan of because I like you know what you're saying about going for a walk and having a a chat um while you're walking it's really informal and and it's nice that people are not looking at each other because often it feels very direct and you're under the spotlight um over a video call um I'm a real fan of walk and talks on the phones so again um if you can't do it because you're not physically uh, located nearby um you know as I try to as much as I can with people I'm talking to them it's like, well, we'll talk about where they are in the country, what the weather's like. We'll be talking about the fact that you can hear loads of traffic or loads of wind or whatever's going on. And, and you just talk about um, how you're feeling, but you, you can do it while you're doing a 20 minute walk, which for me is brilliant because it means, you know, someone's escaping their desk, you know, someone's getting some fresh air. 
um sometimes it's, it's horrendous rain or something in which case we will bail but we always make sure right we're going to go stand in our kitchen with a cup of tea like you said or something yeah. away from your your workspace and I think it just sets a different scene doesn't it because even with all the intention of sitting in front of a screen and having a chat people are still in their work space mentally because this is physically I'm in my workspace and mentally this is like this is another zoom call or it's another team's call and actually just breaking that pattern just makes it feel friendlier yeah definitely no I'm 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 gonna take that one away for sure um so thank you (laughs) also big fan of a a coffee shop a cafe you know anywhere that you can like you say keep it informal because it's not it's not formal it's Exactly. If you are, you know, sitting in the meeting room, it automatically has that work feel. Um, I also really like what you said, Sarah, about it's their agenda. So you talk about whatever comes up for them, because you don't. I think again, too often as as managers, there's a thought that we need to have an agenda, or we need to be pushing the conversation along, or I don't feel comfortable having silences. I've got to fill it. Or actually, I know I'm not supposed to be talking about work right now, but I just want to ask about this particular project when you allow these spaces and you ask open questions and you're just um you know your team members well enough to ask them about something that's going on in their family or a holiday or whatever it might be and you just see what comes you know what's what's feeling good this week and but open like it could be nothing to do with work and you just see where the conversation goes i don't think people necessarily sit back enough to listen they want to talk or they want to direct the question by asking uh specific questions so it's that sense of direction rather than and filling and talking rather than sitting back and just listening yeah 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 um and, and if needed you know bring it back to that you know if if it goes into a work a work zone you know let that happen for a bit because you know if it, if especially if they've brought it up you know it's obviously in their mind but then try and just say you know that yeah that you know you've had that that was really you know really useful to catch up on that mm. but I just want to check in that um, you're feeling okay about this or uh, you know if, if it needs a more of a kind of specific prompt mm. um, you know there, there will be something there'll be a change that happened or there's something somewhere that you can use as a are you feeling okay about that or Absolutely. you shouldn't say are you feeling okay about that because the answer will probably be yes mm-hmm. but uh, the more how, that, how do you feel about that <laughs> <laughs> excellent <laughs> so I want to change tact um slightly now and actually explore a little bit about management versus leadership <laughs> and um and the reason I want to do that is because it's a it's a point actually you've um made and so it's something you're really passionate about so I, I wanted to to pick up on that is something that there is again there's so much commentary around is it the same thing is it something different like what and we just so many people use the words interchangeably so actually and I know this is a bit of a bugbear for you so I want to like <laughs> understand from someone who has been in the experience um, in the role of managing uh, but also leading what it actually means for you and if it's important to have a difference or not great I love this love it so I think oh, I don't know where to go first with this I think there's it's a challenge it's a real challenge because and possibly it's just the wording I don't know it's like the the articles recently on you know ineffective managers blah 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 do they mean managers or do they mean leaders because for me there is a big difference um and I think you need both Mm. you know you need somebody to manage you need somebody to make sure things happen and in my opinion that's managing um 
I mean, sort of going aside here, <laughs> but the word itself even has negative connotations. Mm. You know, it's more like coping. Yeah, I'm, I'm managing. Mm. That's that's just barely, you know, that's that's okay. I'm coping. Definitely not thriving. I'm coping. I think, wow, is that that's the term that we use for people who are supposed to be nurturing, developing, growing teams, businesses? For me, it's it's not quite right. Um, but actually that, you know, just to manage something, you you often need to manage something, be it, you know, work, be it something in your personal life, you know, getting everything in order to make whatever it is happen and work and the outcome to be positive. It needs managing. Um, you know, uh, we, we all need those skill sets in our team somewhere. Um, otherwise, things just won't happen. Um, but leading is very different because that's somebody who can see change can see direction can help people get there and do we really think that person is the same person who can organize everything make sure it happens I mean are there enough hours in the day for all of that um as well as the skills and I think there is likely to be one area that that person is better at than the other um or an area they find easier than the other and therefore do more of that side of it because it's naturally just easier for them. That's their comfort place. Um, so I don't know. I don't I, know. I think that's a really, really interesting point. And it reminds me, I was in a company yesterday doing, having uh, some one-to-one uh, meetings, interviews, get some data and so on with a range of uh, managers and leaders. And what came out of that was just the, the pressure on trying to do both and actually because the management um, is almost the management part of their role is almost more in demand. Like it's more immediate. Someone needs something. They need to be told what to do or where to do it or how to do it or something like that. It's almost the more kind of immediate tangible stuff. That's the stuff that was filling all their time and the, the ability to step back and lead and be a bit more strategic and develop and, and all the stuff that was really important. They all were voicing their um, kind of, concerned that that wasn't happening enough and it wasn't feeling good enough for them they don't you know every, we all we all have a limited capacity and it's you choose one because it feels easier or it's more aligned with your own interests or it's just the stuff that it literally is in your face and you can't get away from it yeah. and I think it's you know that's partly contributing to the number of leaders who are experiencing burnout and there are a huge number who are just getting to the point going I just can't keep up with it because there's just too much being expected of an individual when they are trying to do such a broad role. So whether there is an argument to distinguish a bit more between this is someone who just needs to manage and it's, you still got to manage and, and get on with people. So it's, it's you yeah. still got to have all that side. And then maybe there's a different place for people to, to lead. I'd be interested to know how you would help. So for example, at OceanWise, if you were going to, in, in, you were going to come in like two weeks in, I'm going to tell you we need to rethink this how would you be helping them define what a leader would be focusing on and what they, that role would look like as opposed to a, a manager <laughs> um, so I don't I don't know and I don't I, you know I, I don't think I know the company well enough no. to, for it to be a you know a valid answer um I think the first thing that springs to my mind and that's probably from within me is the nurturing and developing people um there's part of me that thinks I should have been a teacher at some point um but it's that 
that's definitely for me part of it part of what a leader should be mm. they should be able to get to know people get to know where they want to go what they're struggling with and be able to help them to to thrive as we said before um for me that's definitely something so important um and something that would easily fall away if you're bombarded with management spreadsheets and management meetings and management this and management that um because like you say you know it's coming at you you've got to have it done by the end of tomorrow you've got to have this done by then you've got to think about this it's got to be you know attend this meeting attend that and it's like oh when do i when do i have time to spend coaching nurturing mentoring um and that's the stuff without the deadlines isn't it that's yeah always the stuff that's going to get bumped out yeah but without it people won't thrive mm. um or they'll move on um you know to as, as their way of potentially you know developing if that's what they think want to do and that's that's for me what i would love to stop happening <laughs> everywhere <laughs> i think people are there's there's definitely a i don't want to stop it happening obviously people need their careers <laughs> but um for me you know i i like to invest my time in people and i would love to be able to do that enough so that they they really see a long-term mm. career um in that role um and i think the there's definitely a, a change in in how long people spend in their in their roles um or in in their companies should i say really because i think although i spent an awful lot of time in one company i had lots of different roles there yeah. um and i think that's something that people don't necessarily look at when they are thinking you know if they're thinking oh, oh i think i might be am i a bit done with what i'm doing fine i'll look elsewhere well, look look internally first you know what what other opportunities are there and not not just you know well there's no vacancies on the website talk to people you know what what else what's your key area of interest is that something that we can develop into a role or you know and have that conversation of this is where I want to go do you think that's going to be possible in the next couple of years oh yeah that completely aligns with what we were thinking you know going down this path or or whatever um so yeah I think there's but I think pe if people don't have that mentoring nurturing feel they might not think to ask or they'll help and and sort of realize that oh, the company will help me get there as well mm. but, yeah I like that yeah so how, so how are you going to or how have you because you're two weeks in <laughs> how are you intentionally going about thinking about your role at Oceanwise in terms of whether you're a leader or a manager how you're balancing that out how you're looking after yourself in that process so you're not you're not a risk of burnout how are you going around about shaping your role so at the moment I very much think I'm in a very nice place of not too much responsibility um and in a sort of what I would say like discovery phase um so I'm very much getting to know people and the work um which is again just a great opportunity to be to have that time to do um rather than being thrown into oh fix this or do that do this do that do that um so I'd say I'm very much in that at the moment um my plan really is to I don't I haven't put a time scale on it <laughs> um, but probably the next few weeks ish um have more targeted conversations with people um because I really want to know what people want from me I want to ask everybody who I manage as part of my team what I want to find out what they want from me what who they want me to be um 
how they want to interact with me and how how what both of them they need to be their best um is that something that's already there and we just need to you know maintain nurture or is it something that we need to change or implement or actually they think it's going to come in six months because this that, and the other um definitely want to find out all of that because i think that will shape how i am as a person um to them um and also where i you know where i spend my time um learning i also want to find out from those above me what they want me to do <laughs> hopefully the two meet in the middle somewhere um but um that's definitely my plan um you know and, and ask i i will ask you know some blunt questions of you know how good is this what do you feel about this you know and um oh, what's the other one we we had a conversation about uh, a couple of weeks ago i've got it written down somewhere it was how do you want to feel when you get to work each day um and how do you feel and, and how far apart are they and what can we do to to bridge that gap um nice my general feeling is that i mean it, it seems a very very happy very positive environment um i don't feel like i've got a huge challenge ahead um but i'm sure there can be you know there'll be things that people that people mention that i haven't even considered because i haven't asked the questions yet yeah but i like your yet because you will get to ask those questions um yeah. i also like the point you made about ask finding out from people above you what they're wanting of you and you're hoping that aligns with what you want or what your team wants of you and i think if it doesn't then that's where you need mm. to get that research out these reports um i'll make sure i put those links into this episode because that's got the data to say actually the reason you know my team wants this and if i can deliver that for them this is the difference it's going to make and i think if we can use data and evidence to, to point upwards in terms of that is why i'm working like this so just give me some space to develop my role how i want to develop it and what's needed of me and then the results speak for themselves um yeah. what what um what training or development or support are you experiencing at the moment in terms of shaping your role um lots of um like one-to-one -one training on the company and the procedures and, and everything else um which is great and it feels um not very time constricted um so it's which is for me is great because i have so many questions mm. um and i don't feel restricted i don't feel that oh you know we've only got 15 minutes to do this so you know stick to the the bare bones if it goes off on a tangent and we we delve into different things that's welcomed that's that's encouraged um and for me that's so positive mm. because you know if if i had come in and i'd felt restricted early on i feel like oh you know when when do i get to ask those questions if not now then when um so so that side of it's definitely um felt very positive um, for me that's really good that's really good and i know you've been um you have come along to our the leadership lab that I'm running with Gemma yeah. for you that was you know because when we were looking at last the last lab was all around intentional leadership and so on and all about creating that space and to hear you talking about how you are going in and what you're asking what you're going to be asking your team and how you're thinking about shaping your role for me that's that's so um so rewarding so powerful because you're you're going and doing exactly what Gemma and I keep talking to companies saying, please, 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 can you give your managers more space to do this stuff, your leaders more space to do this stuff? 
and you have described brilliantly how you are setting up your role with intention and I know that was kind of one of the focus that's one of the experiments that came out of the lab is that people talk about how they're going to feel more confident in their role as a leader or how they're going to um, make sure that they're as a leader they are um, you know providing what their their team needs and I think you have described that brilliantly today so I know Gemma's going to be really happy listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great I think mean, it makes me um it makes me sad really that I haven't done it before um that I you know I wasn't equipped with any of this thought process really and I've you know I've this I don't know I don't if I think about it maybe this is like the fourth team I've led it's like oh what I didn't do the best I could have done previously um and maybe maybe I just managed and I didn't lead um and hopefully I can do more of the leadership now yeah um, but it's, you know it's when do when do we when do we put ourselves or when do we give ourselves time for that or when is it offered mm. it's it's like we said it's not the the training on management on leadership I don't think is given enough weight when I think it should be I agree I, I, and I think that's that's a good place um to wrap up because I think um that is the underlying message it's there's just not enough emphasis there's not enough focus um and I think you're you know you're feeling about maybe I could have done more actually you weren't you weren't given the space to do more you weren't um you weren't enabled to do more and I said and I think that then is um it affects you and it comes back to you know you were put in the deep end um you got through it your team got through it but even now you still think oh what if and I think hopefully as the as the tide changes and um people are grasping this from or begin to grasp this hopefully that we need to be giving people more time and space to develop then that will make a big difference because they will from a from their first management role um they will be more equipped to do that well because there is so much more awareness now compared to when you took on your first management role and people really just didn't think about this sort of stuff at all yeah yeah it's it's changed so before so I'm not gonna, we're not going to just chat openly anymore about this because we could go on and on for <laughs> hours and I could pick your brain even more. But what I want to do just to finish is to hear any um, concrete actions that you think people listening to this, whether they're a manager, whether they're a leader, could go away and think, actually, we need to rethink how we're doing things. What would be your key pieces of advice? So I think, as we've mentioned, I think one of the things is training time or however it wants to be labeled development time maybe is better because I don't want it to be I don't want people to think oh but you know people go on training courses all the time Uh that's that's not what everybody needs and and you know looking at looking at this just from a management leadership kind of point of view I think people need time to think about that um and whether it's you know a dedicated you know I don't know half a day a month or half an hour a week whatever it is you know and each individual will probably be different some people might go all right I'm taking a week this week in the year and that is when I'm going to think about my soft skills side of things mm-hmm. um but giving people that time to spend thinking about the soft skills of leadership I think is would be a huge benefit um but, you know and <laughs> it needs time because there's a lot out there and you, you'd have to filter through until you found something that really resonated with you. Mm. Um, and not everything, you know, the, something that I thought was brilliant, other people won't because 
they, they, their brains are wired differently. You know, everybody, everybody's brains are wired differently and different things work for different people. Um, so I definitely say that's something that I think would be a huge improvement in lots of places. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't know if this would ever work. Um, but one thing I really think is, and I think there are a lot of manager level people who don't have the confidence or the skills or the training or the mentoring um, for themselves to have to, to be the best they can be at their role. Um, and is there a way that companies can offer coaching in that that is specific to those people? You know, not not a, you know, lunch and learn once a month that everybody listens to on a big, massive Zoom call, um, but access to and I don't know if it has to be in person, maybe not in this world, um, but access to a coaching style um, resource that can just be there and that like, you know, and it's maybe especially for those people who don't have that that shoulder to mm. ask questions to. <laughs> That's not the phrase. Um, but, but, I, but I hear you exactly because it's again at the um, the leadership lab. It was a really common thing, wasn't it? That people said how lonely they feel. Yeah. Isolated. And that was something that was a, that was a shared um, experience in in that lab, and it just said everything. That, just yeah. that one experience, and, and actually, you, it just shows the value of need having someone who you can go and talk to and share with and yeah. offload to, or ask for advice or whatever. And it's and it's more than a mentor. It's it's someone is much more of kind of coaching. Um, type of relationship but someone who you know again has got your back and who's there yeah. for you to support you and guide you forwards yeah yeah um and maybe it's linked but I think the other thing I I think would be a nice challenge for business leaders to think about is I'd like a comparison between how much they spend on recruitment and how much they spend on retention and that's not retention in the you know oh we've got you know I don't know there's you know everybody has the same statutory level of leave and blah 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 blah. that's that's across lots of businesses you know it's got to be proper retention what are you actually doing how much are you actually spending mm. to keep people to keep people engaged to develop those people um because it's <laughs> why, why why are these two things i mean it's a complete guess but i expect people spend a lot more on recruitment than they do on retention um, and it reminds me actually of a conversation I had on this podcast. I'll put a link to it actually with um, Emma Browning. We talked about stay interviews, and it's about how are you finding out from people what what is going to make them stay, what they need to stay, yeah. And just waiting for everyone to get out the door, and then ask them why they left, and then maybe we'll do something with that information, or maybe not. <laughs> no, that's, that's the other thing. Do something with that in that information. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Um, and there's so much data, isn't there? And that yeah. it just doesn't inform practice. Yeah. And I'll stay interviews. That's that is great. Um, I'll send you the link to that as well. <laughs> Sarah, you have been amazing today. Um, thank you so much. Is it okay if we put your contact details as well in the show notes? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, sure. Ask if they want to. Um, yeah. I have to say, I'm oceanwise are very lucky to have you, and um, it'll be really interesting. Maybe we should touch base again in a year or something to see what yes. happens and whether all these ideas that you've had, you've been able to implement and change practice there so um yeah watch this space but thank you so very very much oh well, thank you I think it's it's been like I said it's, it's almost been some some therapy for me just having the time to think about it and focus on it um and and giving me pointers on to what how I want to be what I want to do um 
so yeah maybe uh <laughs> touch base in a year see if it's done yeah. <laughs> thank you i hope you enjoyed the conversation today i invite you to think about one thing that you will take away to think about or do differently I'd be really grateful if you can give me a thumbs up on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for an extra brand point, leave me a short review. I'm really keen to help drive real change for better practice in the world of people at work and spreading the message will help that. I'd love you to also join the club to stay in the loop and be the first to hear about exciting things that I'm developing, including free downloadable resources. Please do reach out to me directly to discuss the topics covered on this podcast or perhaps other challenges around people at work. And if we're not already acquainted on LinkedIn, please connect. All the links you need are in the show notes. Until next time, bye for now.